Hola, and welcome to Latino Book Chat. I am your host, Cristian Meneses Jacobs. We invite you to participate in our conversations with Latino authors, illustrators, and others who share their insights into the book publishing industry. Maritere Velas is an award-winning author, bilingual parenting expert, speaker, writer, host of Mamas 411 podcast, and social media influencer. She became a pioneer in offering information for parents raising bilingual and multicultural children long before online resources were available. Maritere is the author of the award-winning parenting books, Raising Bilingual Children, and Arroz con Pollo and Apple Pie, Raising Bicultural Children. Her first bilingual children's book, Luisito's Island, La Isla de Luisito, was published in 2018. Latino Bookshop welcomes Maritere Velas. Thank you for chatting with us today. I am super excited to be here with you and your audience. Thank you for asking me. Yes, thank you so much for taking the time. You have been a parenting expert for many years. How did you get started in that field? Well, I, I was born and raised in Puerto Rico, and I grew up being bilingual. I spoke English in school and Spanish at home. So by the time I was, uh, I graduated from high school, I was completely bilingual and I decided to pursue a degree, a bachelor's degree in languages. So at an early age, you know, 17, 18 years old, I was exposed to many languages and many different cultures. And I was just fascinated. Love the idea of being immersed in the culture and, and using the language and, um, and just getting to know people, you know, their traditions, their customs. Um, so fast forward, after I finished college, I decided to pursue a master's degree, and I ended up in California. Um, I came here to get my master's in communications with a background in journalism, and ended up meeting my Greek-American husband. <laughs> I went to, uh, so I got the Mr. and the Master. <laughs> I went to... Um, we went back to Puerto Rico, got married, and decided to make a life here in, uh, in the Los Angeles area. It was very important to both of us from day one that our children knew uh, their three cultures. My husband grew up in a very tight you know, family, uh, degree culture. It was a big part of their lives um, in Ohio. She's second-generation Greek. And I obviously grew up Puerto Rican, but also American. So that was very important to us. And we knew that we would try to do everything we could to expose the children to the three cultures. So having kids and, you know, making that decision. And then, you know, then we chose Spanish and English because it was trying to teach them Greek was going to be a little bit harder. Um, I'm talking to you about over two decades ago. Mm -hmm. um, there were not no resources available. I mean, hardly no Spanish books around. <laughs> My sister had to send me Spanish uh, books, or you know, even if I went to libraries, I couldn't find anything. So, so I remember was, that time, yeah. Uh, so it was really kind of like super sad that my kids didn't have books where they saw each other you know they saw themselves in the stories and the themes so i was struggling with that trying to find the balance for for the, for it all and my husband one day said to me you know if you are going through this and you are you know you have an education you have the communications background you're a journalist i am sure there other parents that are immigrating here that are struggling with the same and maybe you need to write about it. 
So it was really his idea. And that's how I ended up calling La Opinion newspaper, uh, which at the time was the largest Spanish language newspaper in the country. And I started writing a column for them. And the column was for parents like me. I talked a lot about it was a weekly column about what was going on with me trying to balance the cultures and the languages and suggestions for parents. And then in those days, there were no, 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 there was no Google. So I was Google. I went to the <laughs> library and the bookstore. I would try to find resources for parents so they yeah. could be able to, to go on with their commitment of keeping the culture and the language. I remember that time because that was the two decades ago, like you mentioned, it was about the time when I had my first daughter. My field of work is I'm an educator, I'm a teacher. I wanted my daughter to grow up bilingual, but also, oh my God, I have to implement everything I've learned as a bilingual teacher at home. Yeah. But like you said, there were not a lot of resources. No, no, not at all. So I always knew that I wanted to write a book about my experience and, and interestingly enough, it was more about the culture, not necessarily the language experience. So the book that you mentioned earlier, Arroz con Pollo and Apple Pie, Raising Bicultural Children, was my first manuscript. That, at the time, all those decades ago, it used to be called Ni de Aquí, Ni de Allá. <laughs> and, then, and then my son suggested, when, when it was time to publish it, my son says, well, um, you know, maybe you can use the food, like, you know, combination of two things that are, you know, very popular. That So to prove the point that we can live together, that, you know, yeah. it does work, right? I like uh, that idea. <laughs> I know. Brilliant. I know. So I give him credit wherever I go because it was really his, his idea. I had that manuscript. I had started writing it already. And, you know, of course, you know, life got in the way because, you know, I, I was raising my kids. I got super involved in their schools. I became, you know, PTA president and room mom and library <laughs> assistant, you know, all the things we do as mom. Yeah. Fundraising chair and, you know. And Wow, no, you did it all. <laughs> oh, no, wait. And the, and the other thing that I did that took me eight years I continued writing and then I ended up at a writer's conference in New York City with the manuscript for Arroz con Pollo and Apple Pie. They said, mm -hmm. you can bring a manuscript, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. I did that. Ended up talking to the representative at the time, the editor of, of Simon & Schuster. And she took my manuscript, loved the idea, came back, wrote me an email saying, really like uh, the work that you're doing here, but we would like you to write a book for us about language, you know, how to help parents raise bilingual children. And we want to title it like that, a very simple guide where you offer suggestions and, you know, talk about it, about your experience and maybe others' experience. So I went back to the drawing board and I developed an outline and I decided, well, there's really not a lot of resources out there that I can include in here. But there's people because by this time, we're talking about 2012. I'm sure you'll remember yeah. that all there was all these studies that came up about the benefits of being bilingual. Oh, yes. Yeah. It was yeah, like, yeah, you know, like the Aspen Institute was, how, you know, releasing studies. And all of a sudden, you know, all the newspapers were covering New York Times, the Washington Post. And so that's why Simon & Schuster asked me to write that book. So I decided that the best 
way to reach people and make them feel comfortable about, you know, this decision of raising bilingual was to provide whatever little information was out there. So I started talking to people, lots of interviews with families that were going through. I, I included families from different economic backgrounds. So to prove the point that we all go through this, uh, mm -hmm. doesn't matter what our economic background is. All of a sudden I was speaking at California yep. Association for Bilingual Education, uh, La Reforma, I would be moderating panels and, you know, all of a sudden more people were getting into the, the topic and, the, mm -hmm. and uh, talking like bilingualism now. Everybody was talking about it. That opened the doors to access to parents and workshops and talking to parents about the importance of preserving the language. And, you know, there were little um, schools, dual immersion schools were emerging. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, you know, they were doing uh, workshops or they were doing festivals, bilingualism festivals. So there, you know, the, I was asked to go and speak and realized pretty quickly within two years that I really needed a, a physical book to go along because people wanted to to leave so I was you know I did ha I printed handouts and you know did things like that so when when the parents would come to my uh, my speaking engagement they would leave with something but yeah. I couldn't give them the book because I didn't have the the physical yeah. book so it's so the IE that's what happened and um, I self-published arroz con pollo and apple pie raising bicultural children and we did it in Spanish and English and I, I did talk about language there too but it was more concentrated on preserving the culture it's also very easy to read guide like Uh, with interviews for, from parents to German, Puerto Rican, you know, um, Indian, uh, this Indian couple that are, ra were, are raising their kids with Spanish as their, as their target language and English. <laughs> and it was, I mean, it was all of a sudden it's like everybody wants to talk to you about their experience. So it's, it's, it's great. You know, well, it sounds like it took off from there. You it know, took off from you... there as, you know, and all of a sudden I became like the expert and, mm -hmm. you know, always telling people, you know, I'm not an educator, but I can <laughs> tell you from my life experience what, you know, I share. And, you know, of course, from talking and being interviewed and interviewing people with almost four years ago now, I came up with this idea. I mean, there's not a lot of uh, materials and information out there for parents in Espanol. Yeah, so, so I wanted to ask you about yes, that because you yes. continue to bring up awareness awareness about parenting bilingual children so i know you have a podcast mamás cuatro once so i yes. want you to tell us about it well that's how it started as well it's you know it's directed it's for parents that are raising bilingual multilingual or uh and multicultural children i always tell parents today that are raising children today i think you would agree doesn't matter where we are we are all raising multicultural children today. That the idea was to interview moms that could share their experience about raising bilingual and bicultural or multicultural children, pero en español. I reached out to a friend. She has a platform called Mamás por el Mundo. And her calling is to help moms when they move to emigrate to a different country, you know, helps that she helps them with relocating and finding schools and doctors and stuff like that. And, and then I called her one day, uh, uh, her name is Erika Miroshnik and she's from Argentina. And I asked her if she would do this podcast with me. 
she loved the idea. She's like, oh my God, I don't sabes. I keep talking to parents that are always asking me for information in Espanol. And fast forward four years, our 150th episode is going to come up pretty oh soon. <laughs> I know. Our, our podcast is now listened to in 27 countries around the world. Oh my God. Including so the United States. And because of Instagram, we have been able to find una Mexicana in Islandia, a Mexican mom in Israel, a Colombia mom in Guatemala, a Costa Rica mom in, in Germany. So we've interviewed well, everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> and of course, you know, we find in the United States as well, because a lot of Venezuelan moms have moved to the United States. We interview them. We talk about their stories, their you know ups and downs of raising bilingual and bicultural kids. Some of them have started their own business where they help parents with resources. What, what you and I didn't have, uh -huh. they, now all these parents have. So no hay excusa. Today, <laughs> there's no excuse. <laughs> yeah, I came across your uh, podcast by accident. I think I was researching, yeah, I think bilingual listen, and I came across your podcast. And I thought, oh, this sounds interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm one of your subscribers. Well, good. I'm <laughs> one know. of your subscribers, too. I'm so glad that you're doing this. With two bilingual children's book published, you know, what inspired you to jump from writing for parents to writing for children? When the Arroz con Pollo and Apple Pie uh, was published, I started meeting even more people. And there was a, a program at the time called Ricomigo.org. Yes. I remember that? Okay. Yep. Well, Ricomigo was a free subscription for parents that were looking for bilingual or Spanish book, uh, libros de cuentos for the kids. So I wrote the book Luisito's Island, Liza de Luisito for them. And that opened another audience of parents. And I really enjoy writing that story. Every time I talk to parents, the one question that always comes up or the one concern that always comes up is once they start school, they come home and they don't want to speak Spanish. Yeah. What, do, what do we do? Yeah. <laughs> so So after I wrote Visitos Island, I thought, well, I think I'm going to write the story. And so that's how the Junito character was born. I have other books in coming up with his character. I decided to come up with a series and Junito was my brother. Um, so oh, okay. I'm honoring my brother with this character. And of course, the first book had to be about Junito not wanting to speak Spanish at home <laughs> and trying to, you know, learn a lesson about it. So that's, that's how I became. Uh, part of the bilingual children's book world. You know, I love the Spanish books. I think that's so important and we need more of them. Mm -hmm. and, and I have a, a one in Spanish that I'm working on, but I really love the idea of having a bilingual book, a storybook in, in both languages, because there's a big community out there today of parents that are monolingual that are raising bilingual, as you know. Yeah, yeah. And I think that having a bilingual book helps the parents stay engaged in the story as well. They're not lost because, oh, I don't understand that. You know what I mean? So uh, as soon as the, as the child can read, they can read the Spanish or they can read the English to them. And it, it becomes like a family story time rather mm -hmm. than just a child story time. Interesting you mentioned that because in our household, when my girls were 
little, I would read books to them in Spanish, and then my husband would read them in English. Yes. And we would yes. read different kinds of books, but I always read to them in Spanish. Yes, yes. That's, that's how we did it at my house, too, because my husband doesn't speak Spanish. So I think that is very important, and that's, you know, we can continue keeping the language alive. So in your book about Junito, called I Have a Secret, we find out that, like you say, he refuses to speak Spanish. Is that based on your brother wanting to refuse to speak Spanish? Or, or no. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> uh, actually, the, uh, interestingly enough, I don't think I've ever said, told this story, but no. no. My brother <laughs> went to the same school I went to. We all had to speak English with the nuns because it was a, it was a <laughs> parochial school and all the nuns were from the United States. Mm -hmm. uh, but he was a staunch Spanish speaker and even when I moved to California and I would come home and if you he heard me speaking English he's like Mari habla español <laughs> no he was super defended Spanish so no oh, that's uh, <laughs> yeah. yes. I was wondering you know, so pretty much Unito is based on the experience of children in growing up in the u.s yes yes that's it you know his parents are from puerto rico but he lives mm -hmm. in a little town in california and his parents want to preserve the language they are committed to it mm -hmm. uh and junito starts you know first grade and he comes back home and of course all the kids in his school they speak english when he walks in the door at the house he doesn't want to speak he doesn't want mommy to speak to him in <laughs> spanish And that happens. I know that. I remember when I used to teach the lower grades, like kinder, first, second grade, I would hear parents who would tell me, all of a sudden, she, he doesn't want to speak Spanish. And oh, my goodness. And I said, don't give up. Keep speaking Spanish and force them to answer to you in Spanish. So <laughs> We don't force them, but <laughs> now we know we know so much more now about you know yes. uh, not forcing them yeah, and just then, you know though, make it fun. Oh yeah, I back understand. Then, remember yeah. they used to say no if you speak one language they have to answer to you in that language. Right. Remember right. they used to say that. Yeah, a lot of the bilingual uh, and bicultural studies have evolved a lot. Oh yeah. From yes. that time when our kids were little, absolutely, they would uh, tell us you know things, and, they're, and now they're saying no. Don't do that anymore, you know. Yeah, you have to now now you have to make it fun and you have yes. to make it, you know. I mean, I I have always told the parents that it's it can be a chore. It can be something that mm -hmm. that, you know, con con enojo. It has yeah. to be happy and you your you know, your attitude as a parent has a lot to do with the way they're going to see because we're the best examples for them. So But getting frustrated and upset doesn't work. So yeah. we just have to just go go with the flow, stay consistent but flexible. If one of your sentences comes up in English, don't don't be upset about it. Just mm -hmm. you know, start over and it's okay. I recently heard a podcast, just pretty much last week, I think. Uh -huh. And the guests talk about how the new generation of Latinos prefer to consume their content in English. Y dijo algo así como que ven el español como el idioma de sus padres y sus abuelitos, no el idioma de ellos. What are your thoughts about that? I've noticed over the last ever, I, I hate to point this out, but, you know, mm -hmm. since COVID, let's mm -hmm. say that we, que estamos encerrados, no, like, you know, we were locked down. I noticed there was um, like a switch, like a change of younger parents 
younger Latino parents really wanting their kids to learn Spanish. I'm involved in this it's a big community on Instagram mm -hmm. uh, of bilingual parents that are like, they're thirsty for information and resources and how to. And there's a, a, a bunch of us that are, you know, providing this resources and this how to on a daily basis parents are going through with their own little kids uh, you know i'm like you know the mother hen here that already went through it mm -hmm. so they look up to me because oh, i already did it but some of these accounts post things daily about how to be more intentional but to answer your question i always tell parents my children are never going to feel about my language and my culture the way I feel about my language and my culture. That's not going to happen. They have a, a very strong connection, super strong connection with my Puerto Rican culture. They love it, but it's never going to be like I love it. So I have to lower my expectations. I always have to keep that in mind. Otherwise, I'm going to be disappointed and sad instead of being happy and excited that they have a connection with my culture. My family's bilingual is not perfect. Yeah. And it wasn't perfect. You and I did the best we could. And look, I know for a fact that if my kids were dropped somewhere mm -hmm. in the world that they spoke Spanish, mm -hmm. they're going to be fine. Yeah, they exactly. are going to be fine. They're going to be, able, they spoke it with my yeah. family. They still do, mm -hmm. you know. They still well. do, yeah. But I think it's important, something you mentioned, Mari, that it doesn't have to be perfect. Like exactly. Like for that perfection, is, it's not reasonable. And it's, <clears throat> it's not feasible either because they live in this country. They're consuming everything in English. I always suggest to parents, you know, the older the kids are, you know, as, as they grow older, you can really have a conversation to them about the benefits and the advantages of being bilingual, because it's a gift that you're giving them for their future. Kids as old as eight years old, they understand, you know, just like in my Junito book, mm. you know, he, he was six years old and he understood. And it was, you know, I actually made the teacher the hero of the story. Yes, I saw uh, yeah. that. <laughs> that was we, a nice touch. I love yeah. it. <laughs> we have to be a team. We have to have the teacher be our ally. And that's why it's super important that we develop this bond with, the, with our children's teacher and they work together. And, and, you know, now they have more resources to, you know, to go to her and say, hey, how else can I support Spanish at home? And, and she'll be able to, you know, there's another whole community mm -hmm. of teachers that are offering Spanish materials on Instagram. So, oh, wow. and some of them have a Facebook accounts as well. So no hay excusa. No. <laughs> no, no. So I know you prepare a scene from your book to read. So let's hear it. Okay. I have a secret. Tengo un secreto. Hello, my name is Junito. My nickname is Juni, and I'm six years old. I was born in California, but my parents are from Puerto Rico. I have a little sister named Alanis and a little brother, Rico. I am the oldest, and I like that. I help my mom around the house sometimes, and I get to tell my sister what to do. Ha! I just started first grade. My new school is big, but I like my new teacher. Miss Armstrong, 
She speaks very softly and everyone listens to her. I am smart, funny, and I have a secret. When my teacher calls Rawl, she only uses our first names. She says that goes faster that way and she wants the students to learn everyone's first names first. My last name is hard to say and if she said it out loud, everyone would know my secret. There is a girl in my class named Gabby. I think she might know my secret, so I try never to talk to her or play with her. I am smart, funny, and I have a secret. One morning before taking the school bus, mommy asked me to help her with Rico. Por favor, Juni, dale un vaso de leche a Rico antes de irte, she asked. I keep eating my cereal and pretend not to understand. Juni, ¿qué te pedí? Mommy repeats, what did I ask you to do? Milk for your brother. I don't want mommy to be mad, but I can't answer her. No Spanish, mommy. I yell and I run out the door. I'm smart, funny, and I have a secret. And you need the book to read the yes. rest. <laughs> <laughs> that is wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. The books are Arroz con Pollo and Apple Pie, Raising Bicultural Children, and I Have a Secret, and the Spanish version, Tengo un Secreto, and the podcast Mamás 411 by Maritere Velas. Participate in this week's book giveaway by subscribing to Latino Book Chat on your favorite streaming platform. Send me a screenshot of your subscription as your entry. You can submit your entry via Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Latino Book Chat. Maritere Velas. Thank you so much for chatting with us today on Latino Book Chat. It has been a pleasure to have you on the show. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us today. Visit us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at latinobookchat.com. Please subscribe on your favorite platform. Whatever you're listening to us today, please give us a positive review and as many stars as possible. Sharing the show will help it grow and continue to come to you. Thank you for your support. Hasta pronto. Latino Book Chat is a production of Nicagal Media. Today's episode was hosted, produced, and edited by Christian Meneses Jacobs.